Hi, everyone. Welcome to Books of Business Podcast, sponsored by MentorBox, mentorbox.com, where you get very good snippets and big ideas in quick time. You can read like a CEO. Today, I have Dr. Joe Cardello, the author of The 12 Rules of Attentions, How to Avoid Screw-Ups, Free Up Headspace, Do More, and Be More at Work. Man, do we need you today, doctor. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. You knew you and I were talking earlier. Uh, you're from upstate New York, not far from where I grew up in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. So you're up in the uh, New York border of uh, in, well, in New York, upstate. So yeah, cool. what a small world. It's a, it's a great connection. We're, we're just uh, we're about 20 minutes uh, from Williamstown, Massachusetts uh, and uh, and and not far from uh, Albany, New York, either. Awesome part of the world. God's country. Uh, and you you you're in a interesting space of health mind body psychology kind of blended into big ideas around focus and energy management uh, steve and i did your uh, exercise that's in body intelligence where you play <laughs> some soothing music for seven minutes and then you play your you know your uh, rock it out show uh, show music it's kind of an interesting blend but i wanted to talk to you about your new book 12 rules of attention and um, but before we do that, we want to just maybe learn a little bit about your journey to what got you here and uh, how our readers can leverage your expertise. Well, you know, it's one of those things I'm sure everybody can relate. You know, we're, you know if I go back as far as I can remember, you know, as to what really brought me to this point in, in my life. Uh, you know, I, I, I think in, in one way, in some ways, it, you know, we I've always been there. And I and I think. I think others might have a similar experience in their lives. Uh, for example, when I when I go back uh, to my youth, um, you know, I studied martial arts and 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 that and that really got me interested in 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 a couple of things that are important to me even today. Uh, one of the things that 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 I became interested in, of course, would be focus mm-hmm. um, and and attention. But of course, not not like. I look at attention today, but I was very interested in focus and attention, uh, even as a young person, uh, because of my martial arts training. Mm-hmm. And that also got me interested in meditation. And so I grew up uh, in, in New York State and I went, uh, you know, as a youth, I would I would go to one of the uh, nearby universities that actually had a meditation chapel. And this this was, you know, decades ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think I, I was probably one of the, the most uncool people <laughs> around because that's what I like to do on, on Friday nights was to visit the university and, 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 uh, fool around in the, in the meditation chapels and, mm-hmm. and try to try to learn a little bit about meditation and with emphasis on a little bit, um, so, I mean, I, I didn't have any big ideas or anything. I was just a regular, a regular kid uh, interested in, you know, in self-defense, martial arts. And, you know, that made me interested in some of the holistic arts that surrounded martial arts and so on. And I was also, as a child, very interested in music, um, if, very young. And, you know, to this day, um, uh, I'm interested in, in music and, and play music. Uh, and so music was part of my upbringing. Martial arts were part of my upbringing. And so later on in life, um, uh, my first book uh, that I wrote uh, was uh, Be Like Water, 
which comes, a lot of people say, oh, that comes from Bruce Lee, but it, it does. Uh, and it also comes from the Tao Te Ching. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a sort of uh, a metaphor for how to live one's life when, when um, you know, when you're in doubt or when you're in the dark, just be like water. You know, pick, pick one of the aspects of water and be like that. And so that started my whole uh, experience now as an adult uh, in, in, in the mind body connection, mm-hmm. um, and looking at it in ways that it could, uh, facilitate anybody, whether you're a martial artist or not, uh, whether you're an academician or not, mm-hmm. uh, it, it doesn't matter. You, it just would facilitate someone's life to be able to manipulate the body with the mind and then vice versa to be able to manipulate the mind with the body. Um, and so I got very interested in, in focus and balance and mind body uh, uh, skills in holistic arts and so on. And that that was my my first book. Uh, and that kind of opened the door to all of this uh, for me. Uh, and and now here we are seven books later. Uh, and I wrote uh, the 12 rules of attention. Yeah, you just helped Michael Strahane wrote a book. Um, what was that? Wake Up Happy? Is that his book? Yeah, um, Mike Strahane wrote him a some... book uh, titled, uh, yep, Wake Up Happy. And oh, cool. uh, I participated in, in one of the chapters in his book uh, as an energy management expert. The concept of, of what you're talking about, which is focus and energy, when they're together, they're a very powerful combination. You know, if you have it, yeah. particularly if you're yeah, working on the right things, I right? I think that... Yeah, and, and it's something I think that that, that we have we, we kind of have a sense of, of this, just a natural sense of, you know, when our energy is good, we feel positive, we we perform better. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has a natural sense of that. And and I think that people even have a natural sense of how they can change their energy. You know, for example, you know, who hasn't gone out when they're having a, a kind of a, a, a bum day and taking a walk in the sunshine and come back and felt refreshed, felt a little better. So we can have a kind of natural sense of that. And what I've tried to do my whole career is to is to dig in deep and find out what it is about that connection between the mind and the body and vice versa uh, that, that makes that kind of change happen. And of course, what I what I've really delved into is how can we manipulate that change or make it happen ourselves? Mm. <clears throat> Almost like going into Superman's booth, right? Clark Kent went <laughs> into the booth. You come out a different guy. I mean, I just went down to the gym. I was feeling a little off, and within three minutes or four minutes on the treadmill, I felt better. You know, just my body. Absolutely. I think my body just wakes up, and 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 that, you know, it's like wow, this wasn't too bad, and I had a, actually had a pretty good workout. Talk to us about how you went from energy management to this book, because this book got my attention, The 12 Rules of Attention, <laughs> right? Talk about a guy that, you know, sometimes I drive for hours at a time. I don't even remember where I was. I mean, I don't remember going by exits. I, I show up where I'm supposed to be, but I don't know how I got there. I was like, well, that can't be incredibly safe. Or I mean, I just wonder how that, what that, uh, that black box of the brain is doing and how we can <laughs> manage that so... Um, you know, where you're driving that, you know, to avoid screw ups and have space in the head now, you know, what you say, the white space and, you know, the free space in your brain. 
Well, it started out kind of, you know, with, with a sense of humor, really. You know, I, I started out by, by, by laughing at myself, you know, the, the, the time that I, that I might have gone to the grocery store to, to buy an item that I needed so badly. And, you know, I go to the grocery store and I, I return home and the last, the last I bought everything except for the thing I went to the store to buy. <laughs> so, you know, or, or going out to the, you know, who hasn't gone out to a parking lot and, and, uh, and, and headed for a, headed for a car and it's not their car. <laughs> you know, I, I tell that story and some friends actually tell me that, that they, that, that they've gotten in. <laughs> did, you, my, yeah, my father, did you ever uh, go in, pay for gas and leave without pumping the gas? I've, I've done, <laughs> no, that's I've, a great I've one. Done it, yeah. I'll use that now. That, <laughs> I did. A, I go in and wait in line. He's got these stories. <laughs> you pay for. I've done it before a couple of times. You wait in line and you're like annoyed, and you finally pay for the gas. You go get in your car and you leave. You forget to pump the gas. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, everybody has has these stories. They're they're fantastic, you know. Or you, you misidentify somebody. You think you know somebody, and you're shouting out their name, and it, it doesn't turn out to be the person you thought. So I got interested in, you know, what mm-hmm. what is it that clicks in our head? What what goes wrong, you know, when when we when we do things like this? You know, if you're if if you're, you know, how is it that we forget a deadline? You know, what what makes us do that? How is it that you know something could be staring us right in the face and 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 we miss it. Um, so, uh, you know, I went from the humorous to, to maybe the functional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I and I thought that, you know, I thought that maybe maybe, uh, uh, you know, some of my research on on focus and some of the previous research I'd done on attention, because I've been really uh, researching attention now for the better part of two decades. Um, and I, I thought some of this research could be applied and simplified into 12 rules um that that i could share with individuals and mm-hmm. and cover the whole spectrum of what goes on in our head when we're paying attention and when we're not um and 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 improve the odds before you get into the 12 rules i mean i want to pick the you know we talked earlier we're going to pick two or three of the big ones because i'm sure there's the pareto principle in these rules just like there isn't anything in life but early in your book you talk about a gallup poll and you and i Rattled, rattled, rattled on this for about a half hour yesterday. 55% of workers in the United States are feeling stressed in their job. Half the workers are dissatisfied with their job. 82% of Americans feel their strongest talents are going to waste. And you're, you're representing it's all attention-related problems or it's heavily contributing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm really glad that, that, that you brought our conversation to that point, because those statistics are serious statistics. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when you have 80, 80, 80 some odd percent, 82 uh, percent of the population feeling that their talents are, you know, hmm. e- misunderstood or not even identified uh, at work, um, you know, the there that that creates a whole uh, other level of problems for the individual and mm-hmm. and the employer etc um you, you know some of these you know it's no wonder uh that that people have a hard time paying attention when they they feel mm-hmm. that their talents are not being used when they when they feel discontent or dissatisfied and and really all these things that that we feel throughout the day when we feel really good when we feel when we feel really down, if we feel on top of our game, the way our experiences turn out and so on, uh, are really manipulated by how we pay attention. Uh, they, they, they turn out 
the way they do because of the way we are paying attention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's it, to me, um, the word attention in a way uh, is, is too small a term for how important that system in the brain is. It's behind everything we do, everything we feel, everything that we think, and it's behind the way our experiences turn out. So if we can improve the way we pay attention just even a tiny bit, mm -hmm. all that improves with it. So if, we're, if you're going away to, to on Elon Musk's SpaceX, sorry, I, I ask this question a lot, you're never coming back and you're going to leave the world with one big idea to alleviate or eliminate this problem around attention, what would be the best rule that you would tell everybody? Start paying attention to how you're paying attention. Be aware of how you're paying attention mm -hmm. or not. So when an experience turns out great, you know, by all means, celebrate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but then reflect back on that experience and see if you can trace your footprints as to what was responsible, perhaps even uniquely responsible in that certain moment mm. that made the experience turn out as positive as it did. And the same with negative experiences, to trace the footprints and see what elements were responsible for that. And that's a good starting place for not only being aware of how attention works, but being aware of what it was that you were either paying attention to or not that created the experiences and the results that you encountered. The Jocko Wilnick's book has that on that the, the military does that a debriefing after good and bad missions. They always debrief, yeah. they trace their footsteps back. What a great, what a great idea. Yeah. And what, uh, what else would you add to that in your rules? So that's, that's a rule. Tell us more. You well, got our attention. Like we want, we want <laughs> I was going to ask Dr. Joe, uh, what was the difference more on what you're saying is what is you talk about in your book, the difference between attention, awareness, and mindfulness. I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on that to kind of distinguish the three terms. Yeah, because these are, you know, thanks. That, that's a good question. Um, we're using these terms more and more uh, lately. Um, and they're really, you know, they're really become part of our, of our daily you know, conversation. They're no longer just academic terms or, you know, philosophical terms. But I, so I like to differentiate between them because they are really three separate tools. So awareness, awareness is, is, for example, I could be sitting here in my living room and be aware of the fact that the rest of my family is in the family room on another part of the house. Mm -hmm. I'm aware that they're there, but uh, I'm not paying attention to them um, and I'm not even being mindful uh, to them. I'm mm -hmm. simply just aware of it. It's, it's detail that's way on the fringe of of uh, of what I'm thinking about if I'm even thinking about it at all. Um, if I'm driving down a highway, I can be aware that there's a hairpin turn coming up in about a mile. So I don't have to be paying attention to it. In fact, I can't even pay attention to it. But, but that's awareness. And awareness comes in uh, in a useful way because once we're aware of something, when, when that particular uh, data 
bubbles up into our real-time experience, we tend to pay more attention to it and stay with that detail longer. So if I'm aware of, um, of, a, of, a, of a detail that I want to say avoid or that I want to uh, pursue in an experience that's coming up, when that detail pops up in the experience, I will pay more attention to it. So awareness is a, is a really useful tool. Mindfulness is, is one of these words that we're tossing around so much lately. And so I enjoy defining it. Mm-hmm. I like to define mindfulness as, as, as we, we tend to use the word as, as meaning present, right. but we can be present at a very low wattage. We can be present and not very mindful at all. Uh, for example, I'm here, but but I may have a very uh, my energy may be so low that 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 my presence is dull. Mindfulness is the energy that can increase that presence and 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 take a dull presence, for example, and increase its wattage seriously. So if you can if you consider mindfulness as an energy, kind of like um, uh, if you. If you look at the um, if you look at the the uh, the control on your cell phone for the flashlight and you can slide it up or down mm-hmm. and if you slide it up, you can increase the brightness of the lamp. Same thing uh, with mindfulness as you as you're in a situation, as you're as you're aware of it or as you're paying attention to it, you can increase the wattage. You can increase uh, the energy with which you're paying attention to it. And so now you're not just present, but you're present with a high quality energy. And so mindfulness is, is the energy of presence, not just being present. And then attention, uh, to make a long story short, attention is a, is, a, uh, is a fetching mechanism in the mind that goes out and, 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 and uh, brings detail back to us. Uh, and in the end, we wind up acting on one of those details. So for example, when you're, when you're in any experience throughout the day, uh, your mind creates a mini version of that experience in a millisecond uh, and sends out scouts, so to speak, to gather, enter, to, to, gather, um, to, to gather information from your previous experiences that are related to, mm-hmm. to, to to the current experience, and it brings back those details in a millisecond, and then and then you wind up acting on one of those potential solutions. So attention is kind of like uh, a fetching mechanism in the mind. So the brain is having dialogue at all times, right? And you talk at, about at it. all times, and it's updating. <laughs> it's a it's good, updating, it's a and we can machine. we can we can uh, we can we can be attentive to those updates mm-hmm. and, and we can reject some of them. Sometimes we update uh, certain data, you know, we're in an experience, we do something mm-hmm. that uh, later on upon reflection, we, th- we think, well, maybe I could have done that better. Well, at the moment, your brain is updated to act like that the next time you're in that situation. So that's why reflection, I talk about reflection a lot in the book, you can, you can get in there and change the links that your brain is just updated so that you won't, uh, you, you can eliminate them from your next experience. And you can also add new links uh, in the update to make yourself uh, uh, to, to, to give yourself an, an improved solution. 
So you talk about what's, uh, what I'm seeing, I like called brain talk. And your brain, you can almost be the moderator of this crazy conversation you have with yourself sometimes. And at the end of the first chapter, you said there's a, a series of questions that I, I love this, that you, that, you, that you include with this first exercise. You're like, where am I at this moment? What am I trying to do? What should I be trying to do with this situation? What do others think I should be doing? Like all these high quality questions will produce that hyper level of attention, I would assume, right? Absolutely. And, and, uh, and I call that a self scan. Uh, and, and, and it's, you know, I, I know that my editors place that in the book so that if somebody ever wanted to, they could just photocopy that one thing mm -hmm. and, and look at it every now and then to remind themselves what those questions are. There's only a few uh, that will, will help you focus as you go from one situation to the next. Um, uh, in, in, uh, in, in certain uh, world philosophies, it's it's uh, it's of concern, not only how we end a situation, but mm -hmm. how we segue into the next one. Mm -hmm. And that's really where where the idea of a self scan came uh, for me. Mm -hmm. It kind of refocuses us into the into the next situation that we're going into. And and it, 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 it in a way it. It, it makes us or forces us to put our attention on what the difference is going to be so that we don't carry the energy of one situation into the very next one. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's a two way street. You know, sometimes we move from a, you know, who, who hasn't gone to a, to a business meeting and right before the meeting, you know, had to deal with a, with a rough email or had right. to deal uh, with a rough phone call. And, and, and so the, the self scan helps you, refocus and, and put your energy back into mm -hmm. a flowing mind state. And then the mindfulness part of it, right? Focus. And then you talk a little bit about breathing, which I love. I mean, don't, don't feel badly about being a meditation person 25, 30 years ago. You're a Renaissance man. You were way ahead of your time. <laughs> That's cool. Now Yeah, we live in Miami, yeah. a little North of Miami beach. That's a big deal down here. Um, what, what, uh, what else would you, you know, what, what, what are people doing wrong right now? I mean, I know you and I talked about devices, you know, are they, are they withdrawing attention away? Are they, too, well, you know, are they being blamed maybe? Yeah. The cell phones have been, <laughs> cell phones have been getting a bad rap for, for quite a while now and, and other electronic devices. And when it comes to, you know, when it comes to children, I, you know, I agree with everybody. You know, I, I agree with the general conversation that's out there. Uh, you know, we really should watch out uh, for, you know, how much and, and even how and when, you know, children uh, use uh, devices like that. But, you know, the, the book I wrote is not not for children. Uh, it's 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 for adults. And I think that, uh, you know, we have the wherewithal, uh, to, you know, to be able to deal with this. In fact, I kind of I kind of. Uh, have a little fun with a with with a, with a story I tell that I mean you could go all the way back to Sophocles and uh, you know as we progress as we progress as a society uh, we've always uh, we've always had to worry that progress is going to get in the way of you know what we pay attention to always. Um, you know, this happened, this happened with telephones. It happened with cable television, right, you right. know, and now it's <laughs> happening with uh, cell phones and other devices. Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be something else. And, and everyone's afraid. Yeah, right. Everyone's always afraid of that change. And, you know, we're big, you know, we're big people. We can, we can use it to our advantage um, and, you know, and thrive. Uh, 
What uh, What are you working on now? I mean, you, your your journey took you through energy and attention. And I've heard this before, by the way, from um, a guy I follow. His name's Brian Johnson. He says, uh, like the the effectiveness of your life will be combined with your energy, your focus. And then combined with the <clears throat> an important thing called win, win, what's important now? Like, what's your well, number one thing uh, from a priority standpoint? Well, uh, um, I'm 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 working I'm working with another uh, author right now uh, on research that we've been doing for for couple of years now on uh, just zeroing in on uh, stress and anxiety. Mm. And then it's, it's kind of funny because we started this research, you know, a couple of years ago. And uh, here we are <laughs> you know, yeah. in the world as it is today. But uh, that, that's what I'm what I'm working on that's now. Exciting. T- tell me a little bit about your, you know, how, how with all this information you're armed with, you have, I saw that you have uh, some young ones still at home. How do you apply that <laughs> in parenting? Well, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you know, like every other parent, we try to we try to share what <laughs> what we think uh, has helped us the best, and you know, and then uh, yeah, hope for the hope for the best with with follow through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I got a quick question for you. So you wrote, I think you said seven books now. Yes. Uh, do you have any tips for someone that's writing their very first book? Like, what was it like? Are you a natural writer? Was it a tough process? We hear all different types of stories. I wanted to kind of get yours to see what your process was like. Well, you know, I, I, I hear that question every once in a while. And it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a tough question to, to uh, answer, because if I answer it honestly, <laughs> I, I have to, you know, I, I could tell you exactly what I did, but I, I don't know if those things work anymore. Mm. Um, it, because, you know, it, it, because we've changed so much, you know, when I when I wrote my first book, um, I was, you know, just getting used to to uh, uh, why, why actually it was before that, I guess when I, when I wrote, when I, when I started writing articles, uh, professional articles, I was writing them on a Commodore computer. <laughs> Commodore <laughs> 64. <laughs> it was quite a while ago, yeah. you know? And, uh, so, you know, I did, I did things a lot differently, uh, than, than I would, I would suggest people do it now. But I, I think, um, I think that, uh, you know, I always liked uh, the philo- the philosopher and mythologist Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that he said that became a sort of iconic quote was to follow your bliss. You see that mm-hmm. on everything now; people have it on their refrigerators. <laughs> right. But you know, I, I think that um, I think that there, there, there's a lot of truth to that. So I think that if you follow your bliss, if mm-hmm. if your bliss is writing. Um, or if your bliss is the arts, um, or whatever it is, the sciences, I, I think that it'll it'll lead you to the to the open door that you need to find. Yeah, we did a we did a video about Joseph Campbell yesterday. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. We talked about the hero, the story of the hero, uh, wow. which is not a new idea. He's done a whole Netflix series on it now. Um, but with writing. I mean, certainly now you don't need to write the book with a Commodore because of all the technical resources out there in the freelance right. community. You have, uh, you know, artists and, and editors that, that are at, the, at your disposal with a, on Freelancer. 
So if you're starting out, there's lots of different ways. I think what's important, I think what I'm hearing is if you have something that's important to you and you feel it needs to be told, tell it somehow. Well, and I, and I, I think that that's a nice way to say it too, that, mm. um, uh, that, it, you know, it's, it's really authentic to you. The more authentic it is to you, the more important it is to you, uh, you know, the better, the better you're going to put it together, I guess. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining us. So uh, this is an awesome conversation around an awesome subject of attention. Um, how do people get a hold of you? Do they want to hire um, you to speak or learn more about your material? Well, I think the best way to get a, get a hold of me is to go to my website, which is www.josephcardillo.com. Perfect. And we'll have that in the show notes. Yep. So everyone, thank you. Uh, and Dr. Cardillo, thank you for joining us today in the Books to Business podcast sponsored by MentorBox. Take thank care. you so much. Take care.